Welcome back to your favorite sports podcast, favorite podcast in general, Clocks on the Stove, episode 101, NFL Week 2 with my 102. Episode 102, yes, I forgot. Sorry, the whole 100 Ramik with like the 599s threw off yeah. my brain. Um, episode 102, NFL Week 2 with your usual host, myself, Grace Fisher, with me, holding it down in South Florida, Mr. Zachary Douglas Watts, ZDW, some call him, they don't, but I do. Um, we're going to just dive on in. If you missed Monday Night Football, Zach made a great talk, and he actually hit every single pick on there. Thursday Night Football, not Monday Night Football. Thursday Night Football. I don't know what is good with me right now. Um, You know where to get your money. You know where to make your money. Clock's on the stove. Diving in, our first game is going to be 1 o'clock. We have the Las Vegas. I almost said uh, Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders going to the Buffalo Bills. This game is at 1 o'clock, like I said, on CBS. Buffalo coming in at a minus eight. I'm going to be honest, I did not watch the Raiders last game, but I do have Josh Jacobs, and he did not really bless me. They played the Seahawks, I believe, right? They won 17 No, they played the Broncos. Broncos, yes, yes, yes. They played the Broncos. Josh Jacobs didn't do too well. I did watch the Bills, though, because they played the Jets. Um, And just, I don't even know. It's like with the Bills for me, they're either like, wow, this is the greatest team of all time, or it's like, what the hell is going on? They, they don't really have, like, a middle ground yet. Um, Josh Allen played decent. I think he did throw two picks, though. Three picks, Great. yeah. So he didn't play decent. He played, like, shit. My big thing is I don't understand why the Raiders got rid of Garoppolo – or, excuse me, got rid of Carr and for Garoppolo. It doesn't – they're, like, the same quarterback to me. If anything, I think Carr is a little better. Um, You know, I, I, I don't really know too much to say on this game, to be honest. I don't really have any crazy picks – I do think that the offensive firepower of Buffalo is going to be a little better than they were in their last game, especially with it being at home. And they're going to dish the ball out a little bit better. James Cook hopefully does something better. I mean, he only had 46 yards, their leading rusher. Not much better on the other side. Josh Jacobs leading rusher with 48 yards, which uh, did not help my fantasy team, if you were wondering. Uh, my dad was very unhappy as Josh Allen is his quarterback in fantasy as well. Um, overall, though, I'm going to take Buffalo winning this game. I, I just think they're a better, more complete team. I think it's going to be a, a good bounce back game for them. Yeah. Um, like we said, personally, I do have Vegas covering the spread. I think with Jimmy G at the helm, you have a better opportunity to kind of game manage this game and just kind of fight it out. I do think the Jets defense and Robert Salah's game planning um, work to their favor in order to kind of expose Josh Allen and his just kind of lackluster ability to or I guess they kind of went at him in terms of attacking how risky he is. Cause he does like to make, go for the big play. He does like to take chances over the top and he did get ex- exposed in that regard. You know, Jordan Whitehead, three interceptions, by the way, he hit his season incentive in one game, the man earned $250,000 in one game. He only needed three picks on the season. He did it in a game. First week. And he did it against an unbelievable quarterback. Yeah, I did against an unbelievable quarterback. But, you know, a lot of the speculation on the Bills this year is, oh, are they in panic mode? Is Josh Allen really not that guy? Like, what's going on here? And look, I know there are a lot of questions surrounding Josh Allen and whether or not he is a true playoff performer and can lead them to a Super Bowl contending team. I still believe he's not fully developed in his entire arsenal of football. I do, I do still think there are areas of his game that need to be improved upon. And games like these go to show that he's not a perfect product yet. I do still think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. You talk about the dual threat era that we're in, the Duke can run, the Duke can throw. He's almost impossible to bring down. He has amazing stature, great arm. He has all the intangibles you would want out of a quarterback. Now, more specifically on this game, look, I – I do like Josh McDaniels. I do like the kind of system he runs with Vegas. I just think the Bills are a better team overall. You know, I like what I saw out of Vegas last week. They did go toe-to-toe with Sean Payton and the Broncos. They did have a strong showing week one. But I think the Bills just had a slow start in week one. They got off on the wrong foot. And this kind of is going to set people straight like, hey, we're we're a playoff contending team. But I do think McDaniels can game plan enough to kind of keep it close. So I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas gets back and covers a spread of minus eight. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Our next game, another one o'clock game. A uh, little little rivalry game as we have the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati coming in at a minus three favorite. This game is kind of weird to me because it's kind of a tale of two teams. I mean, we had Cincinnati last week look terrible, only putting up three points. Joe Burrow getting the biggest contract in the NFL, not delivering after 
Also, not feeding Joe Mixon, which also did not help my fantasy football team. On the other end, the Ravens looked like they were they were moving pretty pretty steadily. They looked pretty good. Lamar Jackson did not score a touchdown, which is a little weird because you know he had this whole holdout this past season. I'm still a big Lamar fan. I'm not knocking on him. I'm saying, you know, he's someone that puts up a lot of touchdowns didn't last week. Another thing is too is J.K. Dobbins did the most J.K. Dobbins thing he possibly could have done. He started off with a great game and then got hurt for the rest of the year. Sounds pretty J.K. Dobbins of him. Um, I think regardless of how the play was last week, when it comes to rivalry games like this, both teams are going to bring their A game. That's just how it is. Neither team wants to lose to the other team. Um, also, Cincinnati fans are kind of nut jobs. You know, talking to Brady about it, they're all kind of like really skinny white dudes that are just like working a horrible like white blue collar job and just get hammered on Sundays. So like they're always rowdy. It's going to be a, a fun game. Two of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now between Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Um, I, I'm, I don't know who's gonna win this game. I'm gonna be honest. I, I think it, does Joe Burrow show up and then they 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 perform like the Bengals team they should be, or or is it like last week again where it's kind of like they don't they they're like looking for their groove and Baltimore comes in. I actually um I don't have a pick. I, I don't have a pick for this game. Yeah, um, I I do have a pick for this game. I do think the Bengals are going to get a win. I just don't think Baltimore's pressure up front is that of the Cleveland Browns. Look, when you have Miles Garrett literally doing shadow crossovers, walking up to the line, and then beating his man in 0.5 seconds after literally clowning you, um, it's kind of hard to play winning football in that way. And I just think that, you know, no discredit to Baltimore and their team, but I do think the Bengals – are in any game they play in, especially when you're not putting pressure on Joe Burrow as consistently as the Cleveland Browns were. Look, I just think the Bengals weren't prepared uh, for what the Browns had to offer. Um, they didn't do anything spectacular on the offensive side of the ball. It was really their defense that kind of put this game away early. So, you know, it it's very seldomly you're going to see a game where T. Higgins goes without a catch. It's very, very, very rare that you're going to see Joe Mixon not involved at all. You know, if Cincinnati's able to utilize – Everyone in their passing game and ground game, they're an effective team on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense, uh, I think, is good enough to keep them in games. Obviously, you're going to see a lot more of Lamar this game. He's going to score touchdowns. That's who Lamar is. He is a former MVP for a reason. But, you know, I do think Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in this league, and I think he's going to make a step up from last week. You know, week one is a very confusing time because, you know, this is kind of the first season we saw where there were guys that just sat out the entire preseason. They just didn't get any tune-up games, and they're treating week one like a tune-up. And personally, I'm not a fan of it, but I understand it with all the big contracts and the injuries. And, you know, we've already talked about turf fields and stuff like that. But, you know, this is week two. There's no more excuses. It was like you had a game to learn from your mistakes. It's now time to show what you've learned from that. So I am going to take the Bengals in this one. I am going to go money line though. Uh, the points are just too small, and the NFL is the NFL. Yeah, I mean, even look at uh, Chris Jones. He literally sat out a week one game. You know, yeah. Our next game, another one o'clock game. This is a very fun game. Uh, we have the Chiefs going to Jacksonville to play the Jags. Are I didn't look at the cover. So Kansas City coming in at a minus three. If you remember last year, this was uh what the one of the a divisional playoff game where the Chiefs caught out pretty big, and then Jacksonville kind of came back and almost low key could have won the game. You know, this Jacksonville team. They I think Doug Peterson was like the most perfect fit for them. Uh, you know, they they tried the Urban Meyer, didn't work out. It was kind of like, were they going to go down the route of like the Houston Texans or, or like the old Cleveland Browns where we're just going to keep bringing in guys that we think are good? And they kind of took a chance on Dougie P and he's done nothing but prove his worth So since he's been there. I think he's a great guy to be for Trevor Lawrence too, who's a younger quarterback coming in and needed like – the thing about Urban Meyer was is you had a brand-new coach having a brand-new quarterback. It doesn't work. When you brought in Dougie P, you had a vet coach who's already developed quarterbacks. He's worked with guys like that. He knows how to, you know, keep Trevor calm, keep Trevor good. Trevor, in my opinion, was the most pro-ready. I'm not saying the best. I'm saying the most pro-ready college quarterback I've ever watched personally. Um, and, and it's starting to work out. On the other side of things, Chris Jones coming back. Travis Kelsey's coming back. We're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs team we're used to seeing. We're not going to see um, what we saw the other night when they played uh, I'm looking at when they played the Lions. I also think Patty's gonna gonna dish the ball out a little bit more and probably use his feet a little more. This is gonna be, in my opinion, a very high scoring game. 
and it's going to be very fun to watch. Our over-under is set at 51. Um, I am going to take the Chiefs, though. I think they're going to bounce back. I think it's going to be the game that's like, all right, Chris Jones is back. You have you have Travis Kelsey back. They're going to kind of get their rhythm back, and it's really, really hard to see Andy Reid losing two weeks in a row. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to go the other way. I think Jacksonville is going to win this game. Uh, I'm going to take the money line on them. And personally, it's just because I think the Chiefs have an even tougher opponent this week with the Jacksonville Jaguars than you did with the Detroit Lions. Now, look, I know we talked about Chris Jones sitting out. I know we talk about uh, Travis Kelsey being injured, not being able to play and all the drop passes. But I do think this Jacksonville offense is a force to be reckoned with. You know, they bring in Calvin Ridley in the offseason and Trevor Lawrence has already showed that it's his number one threat. You know, they have other guys, um, a lot of every receiver. It's not Marvin Jones. I'm thinking of, um, I can't think of Christian Kirk also. Yeah, Christian Kirk, solid number two. And then there's um, their number three receiver, solid as well. I I just can't think of it on the top of my head right now. But they have solid weapons. Travis Etienne is a dog in the backfield. You know, we see him laying down blocks um, to set up that Calvin Ridley long reception. Zay Jones. Zay Jones, yeah. Yeah. So solid receiving core there. You know, you even got Evan Ingram at tight end who can catch a ball or two from time to time. Um, I just really like what I'm seeing out of Jacksonville, and I think they are going to be the AFC AFC South champions this year. So, you know, I just think this is one of those years where the Chiefs are going to start off on a slow foot, and it happens to everyone. You know, you don't get a great slate of games. You don't start off on your hottest of streaks, and I think WP is going to have these Jaguar boys ready. Um, You know, the Chiefs are still trying to figure out a lot of question marks. You still are dealing with a lot of bullshit. Um on the field you're trying to sort through who's the guys in the right positions uh to make plays for you to win games and i just don't feel like they have their answer yet so i am gonna go with jackson on this one i don't know what the over under is but i'd be leaning 51 51? yeah i'd be leaning towards the over in this uh i think both these are gonna be scored if you if you're a fantasy owner of anyone on these two offenses you're gonna have a good day these point their points are gonna fly yeah i agree our next game another one at 1 p.m this is a I wouldn't call it a weird matchup. I just call it like one of these teams might be kind of fucked to lose this game. We got the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Nashville to play the Tennessee Titans. Our line is set at the Chargers at minus two and a half. What we saw last week from the Titans was Ryan Tannehill just a turnover machine. Um, they all and due to that they got they were so they were playing behind the whole time that they couldn't really develop Derrick Henry's game because they were having to air the ball out more. And Tannehill is just turning it over left and right. They kind of have like a weird quarterback curse going on there. Um, on the other end, you have the Chargers who sometimes they look like, damn, this team's amazing. And then other time it's like their defense can't do shit. I don't understand the Chargers. They have so many good weapons and so many good things for them. And they always lose close big games. I, I don't know what it is. Um, Austin Eckler also might not even play yet. We're not 100% sure he has an ankle injury. That's a huge red zone guy for them, a huge third down guy for them. Listen, I know their other running back. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He picked it up well, but he's not Austin Eckler. And also, they like to use that two running backs. So if if they have to end up only using one, yes, they might bring the third stringing guy in. He's not Austin Eckler. It's also the check down machine for for Justin Herbert. Uh, this is a weird game for me because I feel like whichever team loses, it's going to be kind of a hot seat for them. You know, you have a lot of high expectations for both of these teams coming into the year, in my opinion. And now you're looking at it as, you know, they're going to drop two in a row off rip when when it's like, I don't know. It, it's it's a weird situation. Um, I remember last time you said you weren't completely sold on Herbert. Herbert was not the reason they lost to the Dolphins. I mean, he he played well. It's it's just – it's so hard to, like, pinpoint the exact thing it is because there's just so many times where they look great and there's so many times they look awful. The only thing I don't like is how they're the, – the, you, you said it the other day too. Their, their head coach always makes excuses. They'll never blame any of their guys. They, they always find ways out. When are they going to be like, yeah, we just didn't play well. We're not seeing it from them. Overall, I do think the Chargers are a better team. It being in Nashville is going to be hard, but I'm going to take the the Chargers minus two and a half. I just think you line up there, there's there what, 50, 54 guys versus their 54 guys. I think the Chargers have, have better players. Yeah, um, you know, we talked about the Chargers being able to avoid excuses, but I feel like there's no way of avoiding this. How in the hell do you allow Tyreek Hill to go for 200 yards? You don't double him throughout the entire game. You continuously let him in single-man coverage. You let him just run all over you. You 
completely just failed to make any adjustments in the second half. I personally think all this blame has to fall on Justin Staley. You know, you have playmakers in Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert who are going to put points up on the board week in and week out and are going to keep you in games. And yet on the defensive side of the ball, you just run out there and you're like, cover two, man to man. You have like you have no blitz schemes to throw at teams. You have nothing to really catch anyone off guard. It's just a complete lackluster effort on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers. And look, it's not like you're missing star power too. You have players like Asante Samuel Jr., uh, Derwin James. You have athletes on the defensive side of the ball. You have a roster talent-wise that should be one of the best teams in the league, and yet you continuously fail week in and week out in terms of game planning for opponents. And it gets exposed every time. So I'm I'm still going to take the Chargers in this one. You know, I think one of the big issues is like the 50-50 games where like the Chargers like, oh, they're really good. You know, they should be able to pull this out. They lose. And then teams they should beat and then teams they should beat, they win. And I think this is a team they should beat. Um, you know, in terms of the Titans, you got to rely on Derrick Henry more. You got to use him anytime you can. If he's still in his prime and he's still running the ball like he's Ken, King Henry, I don't see why you don't use him. And look, that's not to say Ryan Tannehill is like the worst quarterback in the league. But at the same time, like build your game around your run game and then let the passes come. You sign D-Hop to alleviate some of that pressure. But if D-Hop's your number one choice over Derrick Henry, I don't see any success for this team, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I am going to take – the Los Angeles Chargers uh, minus two and a half. Even without Eckler, I still think their passing attack should be just fine. Joshua Kelly's a good replacement. Yeah, we do hope that Eckler plays, though, because uh, he is on my fantasy team. Yeah, my fantasy would take a fat shit without him. Yeah, we're going to need him. All right, next game, uh, the Green Bay Packers, 1 o'clock, going to the Atlanta Falcons. Green Bay – oh, excuse me, Atlanta coming in at a minus one and a half favorite. What we saw from Atlanta last week, we saw Bijan Robinson play pretty well. Desmond Ritter didn't play horrible. He kind of did what he needed to do. He went 15 for 18, 115 yards and a touchdown. He game managed, which was good for them. But their leading rusher was Tyler Ag- – is it Aguilar? How do you pronounce his last name? Algier? Oh, Tyler Algier. Algier, yeah. He he was their leading guy. I mean, 15 carries, 75 yards, two touchdowns. He, he looked really good. It's good to have that one-two punch. I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off of Desmond Ritter. But they still can't really, like, find their number one guy. Drake London at zero points. Kyle Pitts, two receptions for 44 yards. They need, they're need they playing a little too much close to the line of scrimmage, if that makes sense. Like, they're looking for more check downs and, like, two to three-yard plays. And I feel like this Green Bay team is not going to let them do that. They're going to need to find ways to develop actual plays. On the other side of things, Jordan Love's been a guy that I've done nothing but bash since, since Green Bay's got him. I, I couldn't even tell you what he did in college, personally. And he balled out 15 for 27, 245 yards with three touchdowns as they dismantled uh, the Bears. I think it was, what, 38 to 10 or 35 to 10, something like that. Yeah, whooping. Uh, they whooped them. Um, 30 to 20, yeah, they whooped them. They're, they're just a pretty solid, complete team. Aaron Jones is doing a very good job as well as, as you know, being the main back back there. I I just – I'm going to – I don't know how Atlanta's the favorite. I'm going to take Green Bay plus one and a half. I just don't see – if this game goes drive for drive, Atlanta can't score as much as Green Bay can, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I'm a little – I mean, this game is pretty much pickums, I guess, because it is in Atlanta. You would give the favor to the home team. You know, you're dealing with two young quarterbacks. You don't really know how their development's going or if they're really the answers for where they are right now. Um, you look at Atlanta side of the ball, I think their defensive acquisitions have been unbelievable this year. You already look at Jesse Bates, who they brought in from the Bengals, came up with like two or three interceptions um, in his first game against C.J. Stroud. Was this? No, against Bryce Young, excuse me. So, you know, they're off to a strong start on the defensive side of the ball. You look at some of your draft picks and Bijan Robinson, who played phenomenally in his first game. I think he had like 17 or 18 fantasy points. So, you know, he you drafted him to be your guy, and he is your guy, but t- Tyler Algier does help to alleviate some of that pressure with him if you can rely on him to just run the ball. Um, you know, personally, I think Jordan Love did play great against the Bears, but I also think the Packers are just the owners of the Bears. Like, it, it doesn't matter who they have in there. They're going to win the game. I am going to lean more so towards the Falcons on this one. I just think when it comes in terms of their offensive attack, I am going to trust – Desmond Ritter to kind of lead the way. I wish Kyle Pitts would be involved more. I see so many plays where he is just wide open and they just do not hit this man. Um, they need to abuse him like he is a prime Gronk. Like, I don't understand why they're not. But hopefully that gets going this week. 
So I'm going to take Atlanta at home. Um, I I still have my doubts about both these teams, but I feel like Atlanta would be a more comfortable pick. Yeah, it is. It's a little. It's a game that's hard to be completely confident in because we. I feel like last week they didn't really display who they were. Our yeah. next game, we're coming in at one o'clock as well. We have three more one o'clock games. The Seattle Seahawks are traveling to the Detroit Lions. What we saw from the Seahawks last week was Geno Smith did not write back. He did not play. You know, two grades, sixteen for twenty six. 112 yards and touchdown. Kenneth Walker couldn't really get it going too much either. 12 carries, 64 yards. They looked like last week, it, it felt like the Seahawks were just like, they couldn't find their rhythm. It was like they were trying to like make something happen, trying to get a flow going, trying to get a game plan going. And it just felt like they were forcing everything. I mean, they lost 30 to 13 to the Rams. They never really put their foot down and got to where they wanted to be going, in my opinion. And I don't, I, I don't know. It was weird. It was kind of like, they would start a drive off well and they get shut down. Um, I think they need to develop Kenneth Walker more. Like let him get kind of like we talked about with the uh, with the Titans. Let Kenneth Walker get some get some pressure off of Geno Smith. You have great receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. They're going to get open. But the problem is, is when you know you're throwing the ball every single play, they're not going to the, the run game's not feared. Um, on the other side of things, what a game we saw from the Detroit Lions. Their defense showed the hell up, which is big for them because last year they were in this weird stage of they were just have 40, 50-point games and then lose because they couldn't keep up with the other teams. Defense looked really good. Shout-out David Montgomery just got added to this roster, too. He balled out 21 carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown. And Jared Goff is looking more and more comfortable every time I watch him play for the Lions. I think Campbell's a great guy to have to have Jared Goff under his wing. And I think also the thing is, too, is, yes, I understand Jared Goff's not, like, the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's done. he has played and been successful. And once you've tasted success – you understand what it takes to get there. And I think he's a great leader for this team. I like everything I like. I like everything I see from this Lions team. I'm a big Dan Campbell fan. Um, I, I just don't see I don't see Seattle going to Detroit and beating them. Give me Detroit. I'm gonna take a money line though, just because I, I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm gonna take Detroit in this game. Yeah, um, I'm actually gonna take Seattle to cover four and a half. Um just personally, because I think these teams are so counterbalanced to each other. You know, you look at the Detroit Lions and, you know, they have a really good one-two punch in Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. I'd like to see Jameer Gibbs get a little more action. You know, they talk about his broken tackle number and just how much he's able to do with the snaps he's given. So I want to see him use him a little bit more. But when you have a guy like David Montgomery, I don't blame you for using him how you are. You know, he's constantly effective. He's healthy. He's able to be a three down back and he doesn't really need to take plays off. So I don't blame them in any regard. Their defense is playing well. I do think um, Dan Campbell has a little bit of the pussyism. And what I mean by that is when he tends to get a lead, um, he tries to protect it rather than going for stepping on the throat. Um, and we saw that in the Kansas Careful City. Careful when you speak on that, though, because he also lets his nuts fucking hang. Yeah, when they're losing, when he's winning, he's like, oh, well, we've got to run the ball three straight times and give the ball back to them with, like, less playcock. Fuck that, dude. Step on their throat. Go for the win. Like, show them that you're that much better than them. It just felt like in the Kansas City game, it was like once they got the lead, they were like, we got to protect it. Like, they weren't trying to, like, win anymore. They were just trying not to lose. Like, that – it was like – it was like – you look, you can take the choking out of Detroit – you can't take Detroit out of choking. Like, that's just how it is. Like, Detroit Detroit football is still Detroit football at the end of the day. So, you know, I do think Seattle's going to make this a very close game. It's going to be one of those where you're like, all right, maybe the Lions weren't that great. Like, maybe, like, Seattle got off on a slower start than we thought. You know, they have an unbelievable amount of weapons uh, in the wide receiver core. I would like to see Jackson Smith and Jigba um, make an impact this game. I wouldn't. I would like Tyler Lockett to make a bigger impact personally. I mean, yeah, personally, but I don't have any of their players on my roster. We could just feed – we could feed TL, baby. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see about that. But, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things that hurt Seattle is I think they forgot that Aaron Donald existed. I know he didn't play a lot last year. And then he came back and you got that mic drop clip of Geno Smith dropping back and Aaron, and Aaron Donald comes around and goes, oh, fuck. And he's just like <laughs> whips it in the ground. They're like, oh, my God. And they're like, I forgot that guy. So, see that guy. Yeah, I see that guy. And yeah, so when Aaron Donald's playing, he's an immediate difference maker. Unfortunately, the Lions don't have Aaron Donald. So um Gio Smith's gonna get a little more time to throw. So um speaking of this, I'm not trying to be a lion's hater whatsoever, but did you see the clip of Aiden Hutchinson that everyone was like trying to gaslight? 
well, with a double spin move. Yeah, but he goes inside and lets the and lets Patrick Mahomes get the first down. All these Lions fans are like, dude, he's so good. And everyone else is like, what the, what I just saw was a defensive end go inside and let Patrick Mahomes get a 12-yard rush for a first down. Yeah. I mean, look, I understand it both ways because on one end he showed – I mean, quite literally the most insane athleticism from a 6-7 D end. Like, that's just, like, unheard of. I mean, look, I know the result isn't what you want, but it's kind of the same thing when, like, the NFL posts, like, incompletion highlights. They're like, if you would have made this catch, and all the comments are like, not impressive, didn't catch it. Like, shut yeah. the fuck up, dude. Like, we don't – like, we don't care he didn't catch it. Like, just look how cool it was. We obviously know the result. Like, he didn't make play, but he but he almost did. And I know- <laughs> <laughs> but he almost did. So I, I understand it from both sides. Um, I, personally, I don't believe in posting highlights of incompletions or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't make the play, you didn't make the play. I don't care about what ifs, close, or coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Not in my vocabulary, buddy. So not the biggest fan. I do believe in Aiden Hutchinson, though. I do believe in the Detroit Lions. I just think this game's going to be a little bit closer than four and a half. Our next game, our second to last one o'clock game, I believe. Yes. This is a game of who's back and who's not between the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Houston to play the Houston Texans. Houston Texans coming in at a minus 1.0 favorite. Um, I'm going to be honest, I don't really have too much to say. Anthony Richardson actually performed very well. He had 24 for 37, 223 yards, touchdown and a pick, 10 carries, 40 yards and a touchdown. Michael Pittman Jr. balled out as well, eight receptions, 97 yards and a touchdown as he sat on my fucking bench, but it is what it is. He uh, played very well. He outscored both my receivers combined, so love that. CJ Stroud, not looking horrible, not looking great is the way I would put it. He, um, he showed he has the tools to do right things, but there's also times where it was like, all right, he looks like a quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um, overall, this is a, I don't really know too much about these two teams. I do know Indianapolis. Didn't look great versus the Jags. Yes, and the score was also closer due to the DeForest Buckner uh, touchdown. I do think that the threat of Anthony Richardson being able to use his feet is going to help get him out of situations that his arm couldn't. Um, also, not having Jonathan Taylor is something that you could definitely see hurts them. You know, that threat of him not being in the backfield. I'm going to just – I'm going to take the Colts plus one just because – fuck it. I really don't have a lot to say about this game, to be honest. Yeah, I'm a, I'm on the same wavelength. I do think the Colts are going to win this game. Look, I know Texas at home. This is one of the few games of the year that they can win. But personally, I just feel like AR-15 has more options available to him. You know, we talk about his number one receiving threat, Michael Pittman Jr. We talk about how viable he is with his legs. Um, You know, we did get a little bit of a scare at the end of the game because – you know, contrary to popular belief, the NFL does hit harder in college. And whereas you could run through a guy that just came off his calculus class, you're facing a guy that has been lifting 800 pounds in the offseason. So this is a bit a bit different in the big boy league. Um, so hopefully he'll learn from that and not try to lower his shoulder against a linebacker. But regardless, um, he's a big boy. He'll make plays. He'll be healthy. Um, as for CJ Stroud, you know, I do like his development with the Texans. I would like to see Damian Pierce get a little bit more involved in this game. I felt like they didn't utilize him as much as they should compared to last year where they were literally like, here you go, like just take off. But, you know, I think the Colts will be a little more game plan for that. You know, when you guys, when you got guys up front like DeForest Buckner and you have a D-line in front seven that just can put the beating on a opponent's backfield, you know, that really helps you. And it really doesn't help for the development of a rookie quarterback when he has to sling it all the time. So I do think the Colts are going to win this game. Um, I don't expect anything crazy to happen. It'll probably be very lackluster. It'll be boring as shit. Probably. Also, my dumbass forgot to just shout was a rookie. I don't know why I thought it was a year two. You're uh, a fucking hater. That was really, I must have gotten him and Justin Fields confused. That must have been... What is it? No, but Justin Fields is year three, I think. Justin Fields is year three. Damn, I am exhausted. Anyways, our next game, our last one o'clock game, the Chicago, the Chicago Bears going to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One o'clock, our last one. Tampa Bay coming in as the favorite as a minus three. What I saw from the Bears last week, yes, they looked pretty much the same as the Bears. Defense looked okay. They just got owned by Chicago. Justin Fields, though, he looks pretty good. 24 for 37, 2016, a touchdown to pick. Also rushed for 60. Darnell Mooney, 
pretty good game, four receptions, 53 yards and touchdown on my bench. So if you didn't understand my bench eight last week, but from the other side of things, the Bucks look pretty solid. They're capitalizing I, overall. If I had to like grade the performance, I think Minnesota outplayed the Bucks in their game, but it didn't matter because the Bucks won. the The Bucks won the scenarios they needed to win to win that game. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, the, the The thing I like about Baker, listen, Baker is not a a surgical quarterback. He cannot hit the tiny like dots that needs to be hit. That's just not the kind of guy he is. The thing that I think is helping this Bucks team with Baker is his vet leadership. And I think that's the reason why he won the job over Kyle Trask. I watched a lot of videos, um, seeing him on the sideline, hyping guys up, getting them ready, telling them, you know, we're, we're going to hold the ball last. Like he just has a veteranism to him that is a leader. And to be a good quarterback, yes, you need to be good at throwing the ball. He's not horrible, I mean, especially when you got guys like Mike Evans, who's like 10 feet tall. You throw it in his vicinity, he's going to catch it. Or but, drop it. Yeah, or drop it. But the the aspect that's helping them the most is him filling the shoes for Tom Brady as the leader. That's what they needed, and it's starting to show that they can help. Their defense is going to be good. The Bucks defense is, is always solid. They have so many playmakers. That's not an issue. I'm going to take the Bucks minus three with it being at Raymond James, too. You know, it's going to be their first fun uh, home game. I, I just think they got more answers to ways to win, and I still think the, the Bears are trying to I, still find their own identity. Yeah, um, a lot of the main thing that I saw from the Bears and Packers game was that Justin Fields was just running for his life the entire time. And I think the Bucks front seven is a lot better than the Bears front seven. And one of the things that the Buccaneers like to do, especially Todd Bowles, is Justin Fields runs a 4-4-2. Devin White runs like a like a 4-4 flat. So he's faster than Justin Fields, uh, not only in the 40 time, but on field speed as well. You can see it. They're going to run a lot of kind of like a QB spy over the middle with Devin White, where if the running back stays home to block, Devin He's White will blitz. And if not, he'll just hover over Justin Fields and be like, all right, run. He goes, I will catch you. Yeah. Like, giddy up, cowboy. Like, I'm going to get that. I don't know if you know this, but Devin White likes his horses, and he can run about as fast as one. So with that being said, I think one of the Bears' best tools in Justin Fields' legs is not going to be able – to be a relied upon weapon this game. Look, are they going to make some plays here and there? Yes. The Bucks are known for just doing the most dumb shit of all time. My biggest fear is we have the Baker circle of life and you have the Baker plays really well. And then you go to Baker starts to get overhyped a little bit. Baker sucks. Baker gets hated. Baker develops an underdog mentality then we're back to the top of Baker. Yeah, no, it's like it's like you have no expectations. Baker performs. You get expectations. Baker sucks. And, and now then, we like have expectations for him after last week, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, I'm the favorite." Yeah, I can't win that. I'm, yeah, I'm strictly two under picks. Guy. Two picks. Yeah, that that's what it feels like. Um, so that's my biggest fear. Hopefully, that doesn't happen because then he would start to become like the Ryan Fitzpatrick 2.0. But Regardless, I do love Baker. You know, at the end of the game when they were taking the kneel, he was like, all right, guys, team hug in the shower. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck, dude? But that, that that's the kind of guy you want on your team. You know, the the fucking get your weight up little boy. Yeah. Like that, that, that's the kind of dog you need leading your team. So, um, you know, if if I'm going to die on my shield, I, I, I'll i be I'll die being a Baker supporter. So I'll, I'll so give my him favorite thing you said is Baker Mayfield is the most Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback ever. Motherfucker looks like he went to Jesuit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. Like he fits the narrative of a Tampa Bay quarterback more than any quarterback we could have gotten. Yeah. If you were to like if you were to like drop Baker Mayfield on the street, she'd be like, where'd you go? Jesuit. Yeah. Like, literally. Like, yeah. Yeah. You just ask him. They're like, how do you feel about the high school football rivalries? Fuck TC. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, what, what do you know about that? He's like, I'm, I've been here. I've been known. But, yeah, give me give me the bucks. Our next game is going to start off our 4 o'clock slate with the New York Giants going to play the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet with you, to be completely honest. Giants coming in at a minus four favorite. The Giants looked like absolute ass cheeks playing on primetime football last week, and the Cardinals shit the bed against the Commanders. It is what it is. Both of these teams not starting off well, and if you saw my TikTok, I stand by what I said with the Cardinals. 
They should just go into their dynasty mode they created on Madden and just delete the profile and just restart a new, just restart a new game. Um, yeah. Just clear house, clear the roster, clear the staff, clear the, the freaking office, and just restart because whatever they got going on, it ain't it ain't going well. Um, and you know, the, Cliff Kingsbury took this all this heat the last two years. They get rid of him and the shit's the exact fucking same. Am I saying he was the greatest coach they could have ever gotten? No. I'm just saying he took a lot of shit on the chin that wasn't his fault. With the Giants, I don't think they're screwed. I think they'll be fine. I think Danable uh, is, is a good coach. Dabble, excuse me. Um, yeah. I think Dabble. steroid. <laughs> I think he's a good coach. He's bald, so that automatically means he's not a bad coach. Um, and I think they're going to get Saquon a little more. I think they're going to – back off the Danny Dimes train a little and let everything go else around him develop so he has to do as little thinking and as little as doing as possible. The way the Giants win is when you don't make it Danny Dimes, you need to win this this game. It goes Danny Dimes, you need to just keep hitting the throws you're supposed to make and we'll have Saquon and the defense do the do the winning part, if that makes sense. Um, and I feel like what happened is since they got – I mean, one, the turnover screwed them over against the Cowboys. And once they got – the Giants aren't a team – that they can go down by 20 and come back. They don't score enough points to do that. They're a, they're a game clock, game managed kind of team. And I think when it comes to this Cardinals team, there's no threats for them. So I could see them winning this game very boring style, controlling the game, letting Saquon get a little more touches, and let Danny Dimes doing as little as possible to win this game. Yeah. Uh, on the contrary, I'm going to say get Danny Dimes involved more. You know, it was an absolute massacre uh, at home against the Cowboys, probably one of the most more like I'm not even a Giants fan. And as I was watching the game, I was like, dude, if I was from New York, I would I would want to know what the end of a shotgun barrel tastes like. because <laughs> that, that, that was so not enjoyable to watch. But look, oh, I talked about it last week when you're getting pressured 30 percent of the time as a quarterback. That's a problem when you're getting pressured 40 percent of the time. That means you're non-viable. That means you can't make an impact on a game. When you get pressured 70% of the time, like Danny Dimes did, you physically cannot play football. It was as if his O-line just was like, oh, you signed a $140 million contract? Uh, Yeah, you better buy us all Rolexes. And since, yeah. he, since he didn't buy him any Rolexes, they were like, you're going to get absolutely butt-raped. So that's exactly what happened. Just complete ran-through on all – in all phases of the game, their defense got exposed, their offense got exposed. Special couldn't teams even, got exposed. Special teams got exposed. Couldn't make field goals, got field goals blocked. You couldn't do anything against this Cowboys team. But don't worry, Giants fans, Cowboys cannot stay healthy no matter what they do. So they could have literally a roster of 22 Hall of Fame players, and they will all get hurt by the time the playoffs come around. So you just have to wait for that. Um as for the Giants, you said it perfectly. The Cardinals don't really have anything to really threaten the Giants. Um, I'm not a big fan of Arizona's head coach, and I do think Dabo's bald head is just a superior weapon in this case. So with that being said, I do think that the Giants are going to come out and they're just going to put the beat down on the Cardinals and be like, all right, last week was bad, but like this week they're going to let their fans know like we're okay, we're okay. We'll, we'll be fine. Also, shout out Elijah Higgins. I hope that he gets in this game and gets the ball out for clocks on the stove. The other thing is, too, is piggybacking off the Cowboys statement. The Cowboys are also kind of like Baker. You, you don't you don't believe in them. They get a good win, and then you're like, oh, damn, the Cowboys are good. And then they're they the lose, best team in the league. <laughs> and they lose like four in a row, and you're like, oh, fuck, what's going on? Yeah. Cooper Rush. Except this time it's Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah. that's that's insane. Um, our next game is actually a pretty fun game, in my opinion. Another four o'clock game. We have four games left. The 49ers are playing at the Los Angeles Rams. 49ers coming in at a minus seven and a half favorite. Both these teams had identical week ones, in my opinion. The Rams winning 30 to 13 over Seattle, a game that I don't think a lot of people thought they were gonna win. Matthew Stafford actually started looking pretty like young, young Matt out there again. Um, they're they're running back. Tyron Williams, he is just doing a great job carrying the rock. Also, shout out to Short King. He's only 5'9", probably even shorter. They always boost their stats. So shout out to Short King and Kyron Williams. Brock Purdy's looking solid back there too, man. I mean, I understand why they're rocking with him. The thing I love the most, and I feel like – I don't want to – I wouldn't say entirely, but I feel like both teams do a pretty decent job at this, is they dish the ball out to as many people as they can. Um Yes, when Cooper Cup is in the game, you don't see it as much from Matthew Stafford. 
I also think that's to do with the fact that Stafford's getting older. He kind of is just like, fuck it, I'm just going to hit, hit Cup. Um, but in the other end of things, I mean, San Francisco is the king of it. They, they're so good at moving the ball. Everybody got touches. Ayuk balled out. Debo didn't have a great game. He didn't play bad, though. McCaffrey's going to McCaffrey. They're doing the, – the way that the 49ers are running their offense is kind of like how I wish the Giants would run theirs. Like, don't make Brock Purdy do a lot of thinking. Don't make Brock Purdy have to do a lot of big plays. Just let Brock go with the flow of the game and let your superstars do the big work around him. Um, I do think Sean McVay is, is one of the greatest game planners of all time. And if you checked out our episode 100 of the podcast, where Mick Wilson talks about that going into the Super Bowl, going into their playoff run. Um, San Francisco is coming in at a minus seven and a half. I'm going to take San Francisco money line. I just think that they're a team that is finding ways to win. And honestly, this is a really fun uh, this is a really fun game to think about coaching-wise because you have two great young guys between Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Another thing is the Niners are on an eight-game winning streak against the Rams, as we said on our college football pod. Those things play a part. Give me San Francisco money line in a good game, and a fun game. Yeah, I'm not going to say good or fun. I just think the 49ers have an unbelievable talented roster roster you look at christian mccaffrey brandon Ayuk, who is a third string receiver dropped like 33 fantasy points against me and i had the privilege of going up against him and cmc in the same week so that was a really the same, the same league yeah and guess what i still only lost by six points so you still, just, lost, though. You still lost yeah but you know what that lets me know that lets me know you need an ungodly game from your team <laughs> if you at beating me and don't worry, I still won my clocks game this week. So I won where it mattered. Um, and then I lost my other league by one point. So that that also made me really happy. Uh, regardless, though, don't have much to say about this game. 49ers are just too talented. I already spoke about the Rams a little bit. Having Aaron Donald back, you know what you're getting out of him. Only other thing I'll say for the Rams is with Cooper Cup gone, I don't really see you having too much weapons to really go at the 49ers. And their defense is loaded. I forgot about that. That's on me. Yeah. So good luck, Sean McVay. And as for Kyle Shanahan, hey, play this game a little bit more like fantasy football. Let your star players actually take over instead of just giving everyone the ball. I know, I know it. Yeah, I I know it's fun, but look, in a game you can win, start stat padding a little bit. I want I want to see some stat padding. Like let guys hit their incentives two weeks into the year. How about that? That'd be pretty cute, pretty cute, pretty cute. We got three games left on our slate. We have um, a pretty weird one, I would say. We got the Jets going to the Cowboys. This game at four twenty-five. At uh, Cowboys coming in at a minus nine. Both these teams had a pretty significant win in different kind of ways. We had prime time Sunday night football. Cowboys beat the Brakes forty to zero against the Giants. On the other end of things, you had the New York Jets literally losing their franchise quarterback in four plays and Aaron Rodgers, and then Zach Wilson coming out, Milf Manor going out there and getting an overtime win over the Bills, who everyone thought was going to kill them without Aaron Rodgers. Also, shout out Garrett Wilson's catch. Dude's a certified dog. Um, This game is going to be weird to me because, one, I don't think Zach Wilson can perform the way he did last week every single week. I don't think this Jets team as a whole can perform that way without their leader, Aaron Rodgers. And the other end of things, the Cowboys are never – You, I have absolutely no idea which version of the Cowboys are going to show up. It's it's impossible to predict at this point. Um, minus nine is huge. I'm going to honestly – I'm going to not touch this game. I'm going to not touch this game. If I had a gun to my head, I think the Cowboys win it. I just think that they, they have better players. But it would be pretty Dak Prescott of him to throw three picks to keep the Jets in the game. You know what I'm saying? I had a bad feeling about Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya. I had a bad feeling about Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling. I got a bad feeling about the Jets taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Look, all I'm saying is Zach Wilson may not win you games but defense wins championships. And Robert Slaw has got a, got a dog unit on his defensive side of the ball over there in New York. And I like what they're putting together. Look, I think this line is a little bit too skewed. I think the Jet, I, I mean, I think the Cowboys came out in week one and put their slacking on a team that, you know, it was kind of rivalry. Like they had a little bit more to play for. I would not be surprised if the Jets not only covered, but win this game. I'm not, I'm not saying. In Dallas. Look, man, 
if the if I know the Cowboys, it's that they always they're the king of just doing dumb shit. They just love to piss off their fans. Jerry World just loves that. This is literally this is the game where like you go and you realize is Dak really that guy? Is Dak that guy with three interceptions? Is with all this talent on your roster, is Dak really that guy? I don't know. I don't know. I look, I'm saying it's gonna be it's gonna be less than nine. It's gonna be closer oh, than nine. For sure, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll I'll take Jets plus nine all day every day. I'll take Jets plus nine. Yeah, hundred percent. But but you know if if I want to put some hair on my balls, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take some shots. You know, there was a there was a great quote that was like, "Chances don't find you; you take chances," and you got to take a chance on this one. It's Lil Wayne, bro. Yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out, Lil Wayne. Shout out, Weezy. Yeah, shout out Weezy F Baby. How about that? Give me, give me the Jets. Somebody give me that. a lighter flick. This next game, I'm be completely honest with you, Zach. I could give a shit about, but we have to cover it because that is our job. We have the Washington Redskins going at 4:25 to play the Denver Broncos in Denver. Our line is Denver minus three and a half. Uh, you want to start us off with this one, actually? Yep. Let me keep this um as short and as sweet as humanly possible. Denver's gonna win. Because Jerry Judy's back, so I expect that him to get used. I do like Javante Williams as well from the running back room. Look, Shimmy, I don't know how many times I got to fight you this fight you about this. Every quarterback you sign in Washington isn't suddenly the answer, and I don't think Sam Howell is either. Because like he's like, oh, give him time to develop, dude. You can tell by any quarterback's first three games watching him, you could just be like, oh my god, he has the tools to like be that guy. I haven't watched a single Sam Howell game where I'm like, this guy. Yeah, just, but, but like honestly, in college it was the same way. Even when he was at UNC, I was never like, "Oh my god, Sam Howell." UNC, yeah. UNC is like RPO. a step down below of Ohio State when it comes to quarterbacks. Like yeah. they get all these guys, like Ohio State quarterbacks, ball out in college, ball out. Then they go to the NFL and shit the bed. UNC quarterbacks play above average football, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, we need him on our team." Like I don't, yeah. I don't understand it, and then. They go to the NFL and it's just like, what was this? Yeah. I'm convinced if you just let Sam Howell, like everyone else is in commander's gear. And if you just put that Tar Heel blue on him and jog him out there, they're like, oh my God, this is the particle sun. Yeah, like, yeah. It's the jerseys. The jerseys would the jerseys. sell. It's the jerseys. Yep. The jerseys sell the players and that. So give me, give me Sean Payton uh, winning this game. Uh, I'm a huge Ron Rivera stan. I, I've always loved Ron Rivera. I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. Um, I'm also going to go with the Denver Broncos. There's just too many. The Washington organization has too many things going on behind the scenes, roster changes, new quarterback. They're still trying to figure out their identity where I feel like Sean Payton kind of went in there and he goes, fuck this. We're doing it my way. And yeah, they lost last week, but they, their offense looked like an offense like Russell Wilson threw touchdowns. You know, they're they're It's going to take a little bit of time for them to get their, their feet going, but Sean Payton knows what it takes to win. It's in it's in Denver, which I think is going to help them a lot as well. And like you said, Jerry Judy's back. When in doubt, fuck it, Judy's down there somewhere. Let that thing rip. Uh, I I just I, I also agree with you, Sam Howell just ain't him. And shout out Brian Robinson. You know he's a dog. Bijan, but, no, I said Bijan Robinson. Yeah. Everyone, that was bad. Um, anyways, but twenty carries for sixty yards. That's not ideal. And it, it, for some reason, dude, I don't understand what it is. Just to go back off what you said with every quarterback. They have one of the best receivers in the NFL in Terry McLaren. And they just don't, they just don't feed him. They just don't Terry, give him the ball. Terry McLaren. Terry McLaren, whatever. They, they just don't they don't give him the ball ever. Like he is literally one of the best. Just okay. give him the ball. Okay, wait, wait, wait. In in their defense, I do understand. First of all, he shouldn't have even played last week. He, he was recovering from a terrible turf toe injury. Dude, during the week of practice, he was in a boot. So he shouldn't have even been playing. They yeah, literally he has another leg, dude. He's fine. Oh my god! You you're, you know what you remind me of? You remind me of that uh the Brown skit from Hard Knocks. Be like, if you hurt, you play. You got one broken leg, you practice. You got two broken legs, you practice. But yeah, look, they just used him out there as a decoy because they need decoys. They just need to have the number one guy out there just to be like, hey, just get your number one corner like away from him. Like he still played eighty percent of staff, but it was more like, hey. Draw through the routes, make sure it's feeling good. We're not going to throw the ball. 
Like just just know you, you're not you're not getting the ball, man. Just gonna take a defender out of play. Exactly, because otherwise, after the game, he would have been like, he would have had a nuclear bitch fit. He would have been like, he would have pulled an AJ Brown. By the way, AJ Brown losing his mind when. By the way, if your team is winning, you do not complain. You do not complain. I know you only had like three catches for some yards, but that's because Devontae Smith was ripping them to shreds. Yeah, ripping them. Like, absolutely destroying them. So, relax, buddy. Relax. But that's, that, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that, too. If you're losing and you're like, I'm mad, yeah, I get it. But, dude, don't be upset that your team's having success. Like, yeah. what, what is that? Yeah, re- dude, look, I get you view yourself as the number one receiver on that team. Devontae Smith was just better that game. Yeah, like, and you should be happy. You guys won. You guys won the game. Like, that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, hype up your boy that just dropped a fat egg on yeah. on their defense. He literally just destroyed them, like completely dismantled them. But, yeah, but you know, and, you know, also like I like Nick Sirianni was like with anything that talks on the sidelines, private stuff. There could have been shit. It could have been on another thing. It could have been previous stuff. We don't really know the whole background to it, but it didn't look good. Our next game, Monday night games. Yeah, we do. Hold. So we're uh, only doing this one. Yeah, this is our last game. Okay, perfect. Uh, why we have two Monday night games? I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this game. This game. This is a game. In fact, this is a football game. I mean, it's Miami a Dolphins game. are going to New England to pay the Patriots, the Mac Jones led Patriots, at eight twenty in our Sunday night prime time game. Our odds are coming in at Miami minus three. Now, listen, Zach. I know this is your team, so I'm going to let you do your rant. But first, Zach, listen, listen, Zach. Zach, listen, listen. Whenever Brady was on the Patriots or the Patriots were very good, there was a saying that the Dolphins are always going to take one. That's just how it is. I don't I don't know why, but there was always that. The Dolphins always take one. Now that roles are reversed, I think the Patriots win this game. I think the Patriots win this game. It's at home. Defense looks Started slow. Team started slow versus the Eagles, but they looked promising. They won the they they did a good job in special teams. Okay, and they just did what they needed to do, and they made the game a little boring. And that's how they win. If they try to go out there and have a freaking Demetrius Johnson flyweight MMA fight, they are going to get slaughtered. But if they can slow this thing down, make it a very boring, you know, point fight Khabib style. I think they lure. I think they lure their way into a victory here. I'm gonna take New England at home, plus three. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what I will say is Tyreek Hill will be double teamed. Um, yeah, the whole so fucking game, the whole game. So he not go for two hundred. I'll tell you that right now. Um, but Bill Belichick really thrives on younger quarterback because, I mean, look, we've seen it time and time again. He had Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. He had Zach Wilson second-guessing if he knew how to read a defense. He just throws these coverage packages that you have no idea what you're looking at. You just have you, – you really have no idea how to really take it in as a QB because it's – everything you've practiced for, it's not what it's not what you've game-planned for because you see it on the game and you're like, I've never seen this coverage in my life. I don't know what to do. The only thing is two is a pretty smart quarterback, and with two a lot of time, he's like, fucking Tyreek down there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and even better for him, if Tyreek Hill's double team, he's like, oh well, I got Jalen Waddle. He's like, I got I got another guy that I can just sling the ball to. He's got a dominant one-two punch. You know, I don't, I, I'm not the biggest on their run game with Raheem Mostert, but you know that's not what they're built upon. I do think the Patriots are going to be able to keep it close. I do think also the Dolphins' defense is a little bit weaker than um, the Eagles' defense, whereas the Eagles were able to get takeaways and put points up on the board because of it. But you know. I shouldn't be a doubter of my own team. So I'm going to take New England in this one. Covering the spread, though. I'm not going to take my own. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself some room to be Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, amen, amen. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Davison, Zach, and do our draft. Yeah, so as we, as you all know, we do our Monday nights uh, on TikTok to cover the game, get you some prop bets, make you some money. So we're not going to cover those last two games. So you can go to our TikTok and check those two games out. But we always do end our episodes with a draft when we have time. And tonight we have the time. I got time today. It started pouring at my house out of nowhere. Well, when it rains, it pours. 
indeed, brother. Shout out Luke Coase. But what we're going to talk about today in our draft specifically is when it is football season, when it is the best time of the year, when it gets around to those August, late August, colder weather outside, you just want to be out, especially in Florida. You just want to be outside. You got to eat something. You got to have something to fill you up on game day. So we're going to be talking about the best game day foods, tailgating foods. I don't know what you want to label this, Grayson, but just what are the best foods? No, best, best tailgating foods. I like that. What are the best foods that you're going to see, sit down and eat on a college game day or an NFL Sunday? Am I starting us off or are you starting us off? You know, I'll let you start it off since I brought it up so long ago. So I'm going to. I'm going to let you take this one. My my first pick, I'm going to go sweet and style, old school. Give me a hot dog. Give me some hot dogs. Man, when his first pick, Glizzy, that's insane. Yeah. It's just all reliable, man. If you're at a tailgate, if, if I'm like, oh, we're going to go watch the game in my house. We're going to have a tailgate. It's like, all right, you know what? As long as there's hot dogs there, they can't be bad, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, number one for Grayson is the good old Glizzy. Um, my number one, uh, you can't have a hot dog without a burger. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one, two yeah, punch right yeah. there. When, you, when you buy it, when you buy a grill, when you go in to wherever you go, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, to buy a grill, you know, you don't, you don't picture yourself with that grill unless you're putting a nice little burger. Yeah, but, that, but you cook that them dog. together. That That's like the tailgate one-two combo right there is burgers yeah. and dogs. Yeah, you get your dogs on the top rack, you're just rolling them over. Exactly, there. and the burger's on the bottom, you're flipping them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go burgers um, for my one. What, what is your number two? Uh, my number two, I'm going to keep it also pretty pretty spectacular. I'm going to go chicken wings. Uh, yeah, that, chicken wings. That, that was – couldn't have been more obvious. Yeah, it's just easy. It's easy. They're good. You know what? We can take chicken wings out if you want. If you want to no, no, no. We obviously leave that uh, in. Uh, right. I could have taken them one, but I had to I had to yeah, go burger. Chicken wings are just goaded. They're goaded. I could eat – I feel like uh, like low-key um, – can we – I'm going to add this in the same thing because it's the same thing, but like chicken wings slash like chicken nuggets because like I also go to tailgates and they'll have like the, the, uh, the, the, the oh, that platter of Chick-fil-A nuggets. Yeah. You know what I'm um, yeah. I do think I could eat an infinite amount of those, 100. Yeah. Um, I agree. I really like that. Now that we get past uh, the, the main three, the main core. <laughs> yeah. Once we got our big three out of the way, we're kind of fucked. Um, you can go anyway with this. Um, I feel like a big one. Um, I feel like I just have to go here just because it's a staple. Like if you're hosting a watch party, if you don't pick what I think you're about to pick, I'm going to be very upset with you. It has to be, it has to be pizza. Damn. It has to be pizza. Yeah. Like it, it has to be pizza in my opinion. Like if you're having a watch party, you literally just order like five to 10 pizzas and you're like, geez, we got a pepperoni. You just lay them out. of wings with some pizza. Yeah. Wing pizza, hot dog, like uh, all it's all there. It's all there. You got nothing else to ask for. Um, so I, I just feel like, look, is it the best option? No, but it's a staple. It's there. It's okay. just there. I think I think my number three should have been your number two, but I'm gonna go classic chips and dip. See that I was saving that for my next chips one. and dip, chips and queso. Like that's the most like when you when you go, you know, when I this is how I think about it. I mean, you go to your dad, your kid, right? Your dad's like, my buddy's having us over to watch the game, you know, but the food's not ready yet. And you sit down and there's a little table in the living room. It's going to have chips and dip. It's going to have veggies with cream, like with, with freaking blue cheese that you don't eat because you're six. And you're like, fuck that. But the chips and dip get dismantled. You just yeah. do damage to some chips and dip. Yeah. Uh, I was saving chips and dip. Uh, I don't know why I wasn't higher. But, you know, when I think of like your main courses, I, I feel like since pizza's main course, I had to go there first. You now we're... I would have undrafted pizza to be honest. You you could have held on held on pizza. Um, my number three is you're not gonna find this as often, but if you ever have it on a game day, it hits. I'm gonna say ribs. Yeah, no facts, facts. Like you go to like a you go you go watch like a, a southeastern conference football game somewhere. They're ribs. gonna have some good smoked ribs. Yeah, you you can just sit down and just get your hands dirty. Yeah. You know. Get, 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 put your little bib in, bib on. <laughs> yeah, just tear that thing up to the bone. This you know. one, so we're on four, right? Yeah, you're on four. This one, um, so it's it's not popular, but if you've had it, you respect the pick. I'm gonna go walking taco. Do you not know what that is? 
I don't know what a walking so taco is. So what a walking taco is. I actually got these for the first time ever at FAU, at FAU tailgate in, in exact. A walking taco is when you get a bag of chips, usually like your favorite bag of Doritos. Oh, I know. Yeah. Mash it up. You open it. And then you put all the, the shit you put in a taco in the bag. And then you shake it up and then you eat it. So it's like Doritos with like ground beef, lettuce, sour cream, and, and some tomatoes. You throw that all in the bag. You After you break it up, you shake the bag up and you get a fork and you just eat it. And you walk with it. It's a walking taco. Interesting. It's fun for tailgates because you can walk around. When you have a whole taco, I can't really like – I got to focus on the taco and then the conversation. But with a walking taco, I can taco while conversating. Yeah. Remember? By the way, are you a left-head turner for taco eating or a right-head I'm turner? I'm a left-head turner for sure. Yeah. I'm a left-head turner. Yeah. I feel like it's always your opposite hand because like I don't want – Oh, that may, Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like getting taco – because I, to, I have to go to the left. Yeah, because the plate's going to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't yeah, eat yeah. Like this. The plate's going to – And, and for the people and for the people that are like, why don't you just turn the orientation of the taco? Then you lose yeah, all no. the – those people, those people can fuck off. You, you listen yeah. to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. We don't, we don't like those people. Um, my number four. Damn, we got. We're we're running slim now. I'm thinking of major sides that can carry. Like, what's on the side? Because I'm trying to imagine like a tailgate party. You got everything laid out. Oh, easy if you've ever had it. Cuban sandwich platter. Oh and, yeah, or any like Publix mini sandwich platter in general. Yeah, but uh, specifically, I'm gonna go with the Cuban sandwich platter. Um, if you've ever had a simple, good Cuban sandwich, you got your pickle, your mayo, your cheese, your ham, just all right there on some Cuban bread. It slaps every time. Look, I'm not the biggest fan of pickle mayo, but I am not. A, I am not a weak enough man to turn away a good Cuban. So that's just me. I'm gonna go with the Cuban sandwich platter. Yeah, that's a really good. That was a good sleeper. Number five, your last pick. We're getting down to the dogs. Read read off real quick what we have so far. Your draft, glizzies, chicken wings, chips and dip, walking taco, mine, burgers, pizza, ribs, Cuban sandwich platter. I mean, obviously, alcohol is is a good one too. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a variety of mixed nuts. You know, sometimes on the table they got like they got like a like a glass case, like a glass jar, and it's just like almonds, peanuts, you know, uh, cashews. It's a good. It's a good pre-meal food. Like you just. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the beginning of the game, eat some nuts while the ribs are getting smoked. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. I'll write that down. What do you want me to write that down as? Just mixed nuts. Mixed nuts. Interesting. Um. Damn. I. No, the fifth one's hard. Fifth one's hard. You know what? Fifth one. Ah, uh, but that yeah, no, nah, I'm not gonna count that. That that's too closely related. Good side dish. See, I feel like if I said this though, it's an automatic L. Yeah, we'll we'll save that postmortem. I'm gonna go with a more dessert option. If you've ever had if you've ever had like a Sunday night football game, you've already eaten all your meals, but you want something to snack on at the end of it. If you ever made just a fresh batch of Brownies or brookies. Yeah. You do a little brownies. ice cream on top. Yeah. 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 You let the ice cream melt into the brownie. Yeah. You get you get the you get the little comatose. Yeah. You eat something, a little food coma. You're having you're having like you're having like bean farts. The whole house smells. You're just laying there on the couch. You're like, <laughs> you're like who's even playing tonight? And we're like, we don't know. We're like, we don't breathe. Breathe. You're like focusing on your breathing. You're like yeah if it's at a family function your belt's definitely undone top button's just gone so yeah give me give me a good old dessert give me give me the uh give me the brownies um i was gonna say so now that we're getting into our honorable mentions one of my honorable mention would have been um pickles i think pickles uh, that's a good one i was also thinking chili uh chili fries i was just thinking chili in general yeah sometimes you've got a big bowl of it and you're just like 
Yeah. Um, the one that I said was too closely related um, was Pigs in a Blanket. But, you know, that that's literally just a mini glizzy. So, you know, I felt no, that's a good one, too. Those are usually there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mo- most of your game day related items are going to be something like dip related, like a buffalo chicken dip, which is solid. Um, we could have gone like mac and cheese. Could have done like something like that. Um, a hoagie. We could have done a hoagie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there were there was a lot to left to be desired. But, you know, I feel like we took the big names, big names off the board. You know, we didn't we didn't let any of the big dogs go undrafted. I'm sure our fans will let us know that we messed up on something. Oh, yeah. Mine. We'll get on regardless. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Baked potatoes. That is it. Episode 102, NFL Week 2.